0: I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Glad that you're here. Merry Christmas. Uh, We are in a new series starting this week looking at the promise, recognizing that all throughout the Bible there were promises that God gave to his people, that from the very first opening of the book all the way in Genesis chapter 3, there was the promise that one would come who would destroy the power of sin and darkness. And we can follow it all the way through to the book of Revelation, to where that one will come again and redeem all of humanity. But in the middle, there's a whole lot of craziness. Like As I got thinking about our service this morning, one of the questions that came up to me was, what, 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 what do I think about when I think about Christmas and I felt like I'd be alone up here if I just shared what I thought, so I thought I'd ask you. What 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 words come to mind when you think about Christmas? Joy. Love. Hope. Packages. Lots of packages, right? Mailman, yeah. Amazon, right? Snow. So... I mean, these are great words, they're all ones that embody a little bit of what's going on. And one of the words that I felt like, if, if you were to be honest, and you were to talk about, what have I experienced in Christmas past? What, what, what am I experiencing during this Christmas? How many of you would make the declaration that my Christmas season is peaceful? right? Like most of us, if we're honest, Christmas doesn't feel that peaceful. We, we have so many things to do, so many people to see, so many gifts to buy, so many gifts to return. Um, like there, there's just, It's like all of these things are always working against peace. But today, I want to look at how in the midst of all the promises we were given, one of the promises we were given was the promise of peace. That that we were invited to have this promise, a promise of peace. And when we look through Scripture, this promise was given over and over again. But oftentimes, when it was given... It wasn't in the midst of peace. I want to read a passage that points to the promise of Christmas. And it's one that we should all know really well already. It's one that you've probably heard quoted if you were here at The Chosen. It was a part of the monologues that were going on during that showing. But it's a promise we find in Isaiah chapter 9, in verses six and seven. And I wanna read it today out of the New Living Translation. And this is how it reads, it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Now, this is a beautiful promise. This is something that we have held on to for over 2,000 years. The interesting thing is, as this promise is being given, the Assyrians have destroyed northern Israel. And there are hints and whispers that Babylon will come through next. And so it's this promise of peace in the midst of turmoil. It's a promise of peace and people who clung to it didn't see it fulfilled when it was given. As a matter of fact, we look at it and we place it on the Christmas story, because we recognize how perfectly Jesus embodies this promise, but this promise was given 600 years before Christ came. And so it was upon the people of God to hold on to this promise even when they didn't see peace all around them. And it's on us today, too. And I'm just here to tell you we need it. We need it this Christmas season as much as we've ever needed it in the past. Can, can I just be transparent and real with you? I, I loved the opportunity to do The Chosen in the last few days, but it, it robbed me of a little bit of peace. My kids can give testimony, hopefully not too loudly, of I, w- I was a little bit short over the last couple of days, just trying to get things done, trying to get things ready. And I even came in this morning not peaceful. Like I, I was thinking about what am I going to share in my opening remarks, what am I, and like trying to put together the sermon, I'm like, I don't feel peace at all. And so here, here's my declaration to you and here's what, uh, an agreement that I'll throw out to you. You pray for my peace. I'll pray for your peace. And let's be a people who dedicate ourselves to say, we want to live this more fully this Christmas season. We want to be people who grab a hold of this promise and say, I'm not going to allow the busyness of what is supposed to be a joyful season. And in so many ways it is, but I'm going to, I'm not going to let the chaos strip me of my peace. And so again, we have this promise. It was given and we need to recognize that we can, we can access this peace because of who Jesus is because of what Jesus has done. And it's interesting that when we look at this and we see it most fully realized in the Christmas story, some of the people who probably knew this passage and were the least likely to receive it were the ones that got it re-emphasized on that Christmas story. We look at shepherds, and unfortunately, I think we've done disservice by you know, painting these beautiful pictures of what shepherds look like, and and for us, it's always uh, uh, for church. It's like it's a little kid with a bathrobe on, and you know, and an oversized stick, and like, and, and they're cute, and they're they're fun, and and you got the sheep, and they're cute, and they they look fun, but it was hard work. And in their day, shepherds were outcasts. They 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 were not considered clean because of the work that they did, and. I mean, it's amazing that we have this imagery of God as our shepherd, probably a lot to do with David being a shepherd king. But even in the day of Jesus, it was not looked on as a noble profession. It's not like there were aspiring people like, I really hope someday I get to be a shepherd and be loved by all the people of Israel. It just wasn't there. That's why it's so powerful that the first people who were emphasized the peace of God in the Christmas story were shepherds. And I, I do want to read that passage for us as well. As a matter of fact, why don't we stand for the reading of God's word this morning? I'm going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, and this is how it reads out of the New Living. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth with whom God is pleased. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all that you are to us. and Especially this morning, we want to thank you for being the Prince of Peace. I pray that as we look into your word, that you would let it come alive. That you would speak through me or speak outside of me, but in some way that you would speak to every heart. That all of us, could walk out with a little more peace and a, a desire to spread that peace to more and more people. We love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, before you see it, why don't you wave at a person or two, let them know that you are excited to be worshiping. Maybe wish them a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Gold star on your chart this morning. All right. So, the thing that I want us to see this morning as we're looking at this concept of peace is, first of all, as we look at the shepherds, it helps us to recognize peace is available to everyone. That this peace was not for a select few. It was not just for The well-to-do. It was not just for the highly religious. Again, we we read just in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. This was not the type of people that you would want to make this kind of announcement to if you were writing the script. I, I think this is part of what makes this story so real is that if we were writing it we would have sent the angels to the kings, to the palaces, to the privileged, so that this message could get out to more people. We we would have we would have reserved the angels for high-ranking officials so that minds could be changed and destinies could be altered and kingdoms could bow down before this great and coming king. The angels weren't sent. I mean, could you imagine? I, I don't know how angels feel. I don't know if they have any kind of uh, emotions while they're presenting their messages. I I don't know if the angel choir would have practiced this. Like, I mean, could you just imagine the choir room? Okay, Jesus is going to come to earth. It's going to be amazing. And you guys, you angels, you've been selected. You're going to be the army choir for his coming, and so like for millennium, they're, they're practicing, they're, they're getting stuff together, they're making sure that their vocals are blending perfectly, and that they're all in tune, I don't know if angels get out of tune, but anyway, so, so, so they're all together, the curtain is, is up, they're standing behind, waiting for the veil to be pulled back for their big performance, and all of a sudden, the veil comes open, and it's a hill, and a handful of shepherds. And there had been one angel maybe who was like, wait a minute, where's everyone else? We, 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 we've been preparing this for thousands of years to proclaim this message. And we're singing to shepherds? Really? But that's really what it was. And if we get nothing else from this story, I hope you recognize that because they went to shepherds first, they were making a statement that this was for everyone, that this peace that was being offered was for anyone who would accept it. That it was a gift for all people, for all times, for all nationalities, for all, all. And so we need to be a people who recognize that this peace is for us, It's for our neighbors. It's for that cranky person in the Walmart line. It's for all of the different people that we come in contact with. This peace is for everyone. The other thing that I think it's important to realize as we're preparing for Christmas and as we're hoping to grab a hold of this promise of peace is that peace is not the absence of conflict. It's so easy when... We hear these stories, and again, we, we paint them in beautiful pictures, and we, we almost romanticize what it must have been like. But it wasn't peaceful. When, when the angels showed up to the shepherds, this was not something that was an opportune time. At that moment in time, Rome was over Israel. They had their foot on the necks of the people of Israel. And again, the shepherds were not necessarily the people to give this message to. And even when Jesus came, it didn't mean Rome went away. As a matter of fact, Rome wouldn't go away in any significant way for another 400 years. One of the things I think is hard when you walk with Jesus for a while is that you begin to recognize that just because you're following him, it doesn't mean you won't have conflict. Matter of fact, if you follow him long enough, you're going to find out that just being a follower causes conflict. And so the idea here is that we are to be people who hold on to the peace, even when it's not easy. I mean, The angels, as they sang, they sang glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to whom God is pleased. That that he was proclaiming this peace on the people, even when there was no peace. He was proclaiming this peace even when everything was going sideways, even when the divorce papers were filed, even when... The car accident happened. Even when the diagnosis came in from the doctor. Even when our families do something stupid again. (laughs) because They're going to do something stupid again. I'll just let you know that. But here's the thing. We we are still given this peace. And part of what it is to be a follower of Christ is to trust that that promise is going to be true. Trust that even in the difficult things we are going through, there's going to be peace. And I love that line, and I don't think the New Living Translation gets it perfectly. It says, Peace on earth with whom God is pleased, with, on those whom God is pleased. The actual idea there is peace is for those who have God's favor. And the beautiful part about favor, favor is the Old Testament word The Old Testament concept of grace, something unearned, something you don't get because you deserved it. You don't get it because you were good enough or smart enough or pretty enough. Grace is given. Peace is given. Favor is given because God wants to give it out. And so the last thing I want us to see here this morning is that peace is evidence of God's favor that when we lean in on who Jesus is when we when we accept what he has done that we get this favor from God and that one of the evidences of it is that peace that when we go through these difficult times we have a peace that goes beyond understanding we have something that other people can look at and say what's different about you why why Can we be both going through something really hard right now, but yet you've got a peace. You've got a confidence. You've got an anchor. That peace is supposed to be in evidence. And if we're not seeing enough of it, maybe we're not close enough to the anchor. Maybe, Maybe we're not holding tightly enough to the promise of Jesus and what he promised us on the other side of these conflicts. The... Paul, when he was talking to the Roman church, he, he talked about us receiving the spirit of God, receiving from him peace and joy and, and that he would give us the ability to walk through difficulties because we have his presence in our lives. But he also makes this contrast in Romans chapter eight and verses six through eight. Paul writes this, he says, let your sin." So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Again, this passage that we read, the words that the angel spoke, said that this peace was supposed to be for the ones on whom God is pleased, the one whom his favor rests. And it makes it very clear here, if we are allowing our sinful nature to be the predominant thing in our lives, that we will never find peace. It's only when we allow the Spirit to control our minds, when we allow the Spirit to be the all-consuming part of who we are, when we allow... God's Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us and to accept the fullness of Jesus Christ, that's when we experience life and we experience peace. Until then, we will always be grasping for it. I'm not saying that there won't be times like this Christmas where you're going to be overwhelmed at times. There's probably going to be times where you're going to be short with your kids like I have been. And there's going to be times where you're going to go through difficulties and and it's not going to be fun. But if we continually bring it back to Christ, if we continually bring it back to what he has done, we will see a peace that passes all understanding. It will guard our hearts. It will guard our minds. It will give us life and it will be evidence of God's favor and so this Christmas season I really hope you understand this God's favor is yours when you live in his peace when you choose to accept the gift of Jesus Christ when you choose to allow him to be more than a story we read once a year about a child in a manger but an all-consuming Savior over our lives when we, when we say, yes, that I want to live in that peace every day, that's when we begin to see God's favor enveloping us. That's when we begin to see him working even in the difficult situations. When we get to see him turn things around. When we get to see those crazy relatives finally come to see the truth of God. We will see more of his favor the more we choose to rest in his peace. The more we try to do it in our own strength, I feel like, not that God won't have favor on us, but I think he loves to bless people who choose his peace, who choose to rest in it. And so, I don't know what your schedule looks like this Christmas season, but I hope you're putting plenty of time in reflecting and choosing the pattern of peace that we've been offered through Jesus Christ. I want you to respond to God's offer of peace this Christmas and say, I trust him. I put all my hope in him. He's going to see me through whatever I'm walking through during this Christmas season. That's what we're called to this Christmas, and I hope that's what all of us live in, that we're not simply going through the motions. We're not simply singing the Christmas carols and eating the Christmas cookies. Please don't eat too many Christmas cookies. But that, that, that we're, not, we're not giving in to all of the craziness and forgetting the promise of peace. I'm praying that for you. Please again, pray it for me. Let's be a people of peace. Let's be a people who we're so covered by the favor of God, it's evident to the people around us, that they see our peace, they see our joy, they see our love, and more importantly, they see Jesus, the Prince of Peace, shining in our lights this Christmas season. So I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for those of you who maybe need a little bit more peace. Is there anyone here this morning that say, I need a little more peace? Okay, three of you. Maybe I need to preach this again. Anybody else? You're saying, I, I, okay, yeah, let's, I'm gonna pray for you guys. I'm gonna pray for pe- the people online. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe for God's peace to be on us, to be on our Christmas season. Let, let's lean into that promise. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. We recognize this morning that while peace is for everyone, and that this peace doesn't mean we will be free from conflict, and that this peace points to your favor, ultimately, peace It's not just an emotion. It's not a state of being. It's a person. It's you. God, help us this Christmas season to be more focused on you, more dedicated to you, more in love with you, more fulfilled in what we have in you despite what is happening around us. God, I pray peace. I pray peace on every person under the sound of my voice. Peace. God, speak to hearts right now. Speak to people who are walking through difficult circumstances right now. Let them see your light. Let them find an anchor in this moment, whatever they're going through, that they could recognize you are here and you are offering peace. You are offering your very presence in our lives. God, we thank you. We thank you that we have a Savior who came to be Emmanuel, God with us, and that the peace we have is because you are walking alongside. You are with us. Thank you, Jesus. While we still have our hearts bowed, our heads bowed, if you're here and you need that peace, you've never accepted Christ, or maybe you're online, I want to invite you receive it I want to give you the opportunity to say I need this peace so if that's you if you've never accepted Christ or or maybe you've walked away from this and you are desperate for the peace of God I want to invite you to say a prayer with me to let Jesus come in and be that peace so if that's you pray something simple like this you can use my words or you can use your own you can say this out loud Or you can say it in the quietness of your heart. Pray something simple like this: Say, Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God rose you from the dead. I'm sorry for my sins. For my mistakes, please forgive me. I'm turning away from my old life, and I'm choosing to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me with peace. Fill me with the strength to follow Jesus every day of my life. God, I thank you for this new life. From this day forward, you have all of mine. As I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed a prayer like that, could you please come let one of us know? It's so important that you not just pray it, but you confess that Jesus is Lord. And you let somebody know that you've made that decision. So we're going to have some people who are going to gather around in different parts of the church and pray for you. And if you pray that prayer, let one of these people know. For the rest of you, if you just need somebody to pray with you and believe for peace, why don't you find one of our prayer partners? They would love to pray with you. They'd love to stand with you and believe for God's peace on you this season. But for the rest of us, why don't we go ahead and stand? We're going to sing one more song. And we're going to encourage each other to make room. We're going to encourage each other to allow this Christmas season to be a season where we see the peace of God in our lives because we've made room for Jesus. We've made room for his peace, for his joy, for his comfort. So let's believe for that right now. I love you guys. I'm going to pray a blessing on you, and then we're going to sing this last song. But I want to pray his peace over us. Dear Jesus. We thank you for this day. And right now, I I pray for my brothers and sisters right here. And I pray for those who are watching us online. And Jesus, I pray right now that you would bless us and you would keep us. I pray that you would be gracious toward us and smile upon us. In Jesus, I pray that every day we would walk in your favor and in your peace as we pray these things in your name. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.